0: Hello and welcome to the Mashup, your number one source for sports, gaming, and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and it is the weekend, of the week after COD Major Four, and also quite possibly the most boring sports week of the year. Because, as I am recording this, it is January twentieth, two thousand twenty-two, obviously, and today is the day after the MLB All-Star game. You know, when absolutely nothing is happening anywhere. And you don't even get the esports break this year because it's not a weekend. It is a Wednesday. And esports generally don't happen on Wednesdays. The 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 earliest in the week they go is Thursday. And sometimes they'll carry into Monday league. Tried that a few years ago and it was a bad idea. Didn't work because they went up, they went right head to head with Monday night football. And uh, usually the games were not very good. So that, that didn't help either. Cause you know, it was the LCS and uh, the LCS is not going to put good games at eight o'clock on a Monday night. You're going to put them at like six o'clock on a Saturday, but major four, as well as the call of duty league regular season have concluded, we have our eight teams going to champs and, uh, as the storyline was going into major four, we weren't sure. We weren't sure, uh, who those last four spots were going to go to like London. And I believe it was London and, uh, Toronto going in it was either London and Toronto or London and Boston had spots essentially locked up even though only phase and optic had clinched like officially clinched those two were pretty secure in their positions and then you had seven teams. Basically, everyone outside of those four. No, not even basically. It was. Everyone outside of that top four going into the major besides Paris. Because Paris were out weeks ago. Because, you know, winning only two games the entire year will do that to you. And I think, uh, you know, starting every major in the loser's bracket... (laughs) Let I me mean, look at let me look at the bracket for uh yeah they started major one in the losers bracket where they did they did beat Seattle then immediately lost to breach uh major two they definitely started in the losers bracket at major two uh yeah and then they they got they got first rounded by London uh the ultra major they started in losers I'm almost sure yeah and they lost to Toronto and then. At the New York major, they started in losers and lost, to their credit, in five, to FaZe. Which I did not expect that game to go five. Um, that says more about the current state of FaZe than I think it does anything about Paris. Like, they're they're not a good team. Like, congratulations. You beat FaZe on Tuscan Hardpoint. That's it's their worst map. Like they choke that map repeatedly. They they've choked that map repeatedly this season. Like beating Faze on Tuscan Hardpoint is not a big deal, especially if you only beat them by 15. And then got dumped on, got dunked on on Berlin searching game 5 to uh send Paris home. So Paris was already out. They had they had nothing to play for. Every other team at this event had something to play for because, uh, London and Toronto had to, it was either Toronto or Seattle had to secure their champ spots. And then those other seven rocker thieves, Boston, Florida, gorillas rocker, everybody else. And of course, the New York Subliners, who going into this event, were in eleventh place in the CDL. Like even with their red hot winning streak in the qualifiers, they were still in eleventh place in the Call of Duty League. That's how bad they were for a good chunk of this season, and then they started playing well at exactly the right time. Went on a tear through qualifiers. They went. The only team they lost to was L.A. Thieves, which um. If that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. If that's not, like, retroactive foreshadowing, I don't know what is. The only team they lost to at any point in Major 3, qualifiers or tournament, was LA Thieves. And they went 2-1. They got a win against them. Like, that's, that's honestly, like, God, LA Thieves were so inconsistent in the qualifiers. How the hell did we win this thing? I mean, I know how they won. Kenny started playing like, like he did in World War II, where he was just absolutely untouchable and one of the best players in the world. But here we are. Regular season is over. Top eight has been, top eight has been established and the Florida Mutineers the Los Angeles gorillas the Minnesota rocker and Paris Legion will uh will not be playing anymore and God the gap from the points gap from 11th to 8th is is a hundred points smaller than the gap from 11th to 12th Minnesota Rocker finished the season with 140 CDL points at a record of 14 and 14. That was good enough for 11th place. The Paris Legion finished with 20 CDL points with a record of 2 and 23. Of course, that put them in dead last. Since their season is over, let's talk about this. They are no longer the Paris Legion. They are relocating, rebranding, whatever you want to call it, to Las Vegas for next year. Is anything going to change? No, because they still have the same cheap-ass owner who hasn't even bothered to build them a freaking website. Like, we've talked about this on the show before. If you Google Paris Legion right now, the first result is not their own website. It is it is the uh the team page like let's just let's let's just do let's just do this let's just google la thieves la thieves first result 100 is uh their merch page on the 100 thieves website paris legion is not All right. what about let's let's pick another good team optic texas okay so, yeah, the, the first result is the COD League page. But right below that is their page on Envy.gg, which has a full roster. You click on the shop, it takes you, well, it takes you to the Dallas Fuel shop. We, we've we've discussed this. Envy's, Envy's website layout is really freaking weird. But they're not even changing the name. They're still, they're still going to be the Legion, which, you know, other than alliteration, has nothing to do with Las Vegas. I know Paris Eternal are moving there, too, at the conclusion of the, the Overwatch League season. And that name has even, like, Las Vegas Eternal. I mean, Paris Eternal wasn't a good name to start with. Las Vegas Eternal sounds even worse. Like at least with Las Vegas Legion, it's alliterative. But is this god-awful franchise that refuses to spend money really worthy of the Vegas location? I don't think they are. Like, the only... Like, they should be... Unless... Unless they're still working on a sale in the background. But, like... The rumors I saw, I don't remember if it was Dotto or or Dexerto, but they said um this could be like rewarding giving them the Las Vegas franchise to keep them in the cod league. Like to keep them just from just bowing out of the cod league entirely. Which um wouldn't be the worst thing cuz they're clearly so much worse than everyone else. And then like they just give up the spot and The Cod League can eventually sell it to someone else. Sell it to fucking Complexity, maybe? Like, Las Vegas... Like, I know Complexity wants to be based out of Texas, but, like, if you call yourselves Las Vegas Complexity, you can still have your facility... You can still play at the Complexity facility in Dallas. Like, Optic Optic Chicago and the Chicago Huntsman... Operated out of Texas for the entire 2020 and 2021 seasons. Like the Chicago teams never, never played out of Chicago. They they played out of Texas. Like Scump still lived in Texas. Hex still lived in Texas. The team facility was still in Texas. You know, the Hex quarters. Still in Texas. Like, they don't, they don't actually have to, like, if if Complexity owned that team, they could still just work out of the Complexity facility at Jerry World. And they would just hold their events in Vegas. Like, like most teams do. Like, I think only, only a few teams actually work out of their, their home cities. Like, LA, I think the two LA teams are in LA. Uh, Boston and New York are in their cities. And I don't know about Atlanta. I don't know if it like most of the teams do actually play out of their home cities now that Optic is Optic Texas. They, they didn't until then. But uh Paris and London, I don't think, do. Like, at least at least because of online play, I think I think London play in North Carolina, because Rogue has a facility there. And I think Paris work out of Texas, too. Well, actually, no. They don't have a fucking facility. They don't have a facility because they just refuse to spend money. And you're going to reward them with Vegas? God, this. The CDL put on an awesome event this weekend. That was mostly the New York subliners. I'm almost positive. Like, it. This, the. The decision to relocate this team to Vegas, unless they are selling and the sale just hasn't completely gone through yet, is completely baffling to me. Because, like, a team in Vegas is not objectively a bad thing. There is already an esports infrastructure there. If you hold events there, it will draw numbers because people always want to go to Vegas. Like if there's a CDL event in Vegas next year, I want to go. But let's enough enough of me getting mad about this Cheapskate Org taking up a spot in uh, the only twelve team CDL. Let let's talk about let's talk about the major. Let's talk about the actual major. Day one. <laughs> All but one game, the last game of the day, went to five. And I think other than, and two of those three games that went to five were reverse sweeps. Toronto reverse swept London and New York reverse swept Rocker. The only one that didn't happen was Mutineers. Mutineers went up 2-0. Boston came back and tied it, then Florida won search. Like that's uh that was wild. And I got scared watching the the Thieves phase game because it was the last game of the day. Every game had already gone the distance. Two of them were reverse sweeps and phased one control. So I was like, "Oh crap. Here we go again." Like we're about to get reverse swept by FaZe at another major. But now, absolutely dominant 76 point win on the Berlin hardpoint to close out the series and send FaZe to the loser's bracket where um, they honestly had a very easy loser's bracket run. Paris, LAG, Florida, and a very down optic who have not been playing to their potential at all. And actually started in losers. The, the New York crowd was behind them because, because them winning helped, uh, helped the subliners hopes of getting to champs because they were beating teams ahead of New York. Cause like, They beat Minnesota. They beat Boston. They beat Toronto. Like, even FaZe was getting... Until Losers Round 4, FaZe was getting crowd support. Like, once... Once NYSL were in... Like, because Losers Round 4 was the second game of the day Sunday. So New York was was already in New York was already in because they had beaten LA thieves already. So everyone at that point wanted phase to go home because you know, nobody likes phase that didn't happen. LA thieves had to do it themselves. But if you look, the two best teams at this tournament were Los Angeles thieves and NYSL, and the crowd the entire time was red freaking hot. Like Major One, I thought was the best tournament so far this year, because because two was incredibly fluky, like with LAG going on a run. Uh, the crowd wasn't as into it because Optic got. Optic got bounced kinda early. Rocker got bounced even earlier by Optic. Like, the Crowd wasn't as into it. It was very fluky with the whole with the whole Volk thing and Spark. Like, it was a good story in the moment. But LAG weren't good for the rest of the year after that. Like, they had their flashes, they had flashes of brilliance. At uh at the end of major three qualifiers, and I thought they had a chance. Then, you know, they got swept by gorillas in uh in losers' round tip. And now they are not going to champs. They they won a major this year. They're they are one of four teams with a five in their standing in their uh in their in their list of points, and they are not going to champs. They finished tenth. Like, they finished behind a team who didn't win a major. You finished behind several teams who didn't win majors because Boston didn't, Toronto didn't, New York didn't, and Florida didn't. London didn't either. And of course, Atlanta didn't, but they made it to second in three of them. They, they made it to the finals in three of them, which gave them a fuck ton of points. Like, that alone got them 150 points. <laughs> like think about that. making it to the finals of or making it to the finals and coming in second at three majors on its own was good enough for 150 points. Think about that. That's weird, right? I mean it's how it works because it's 53 times, but they finished the season with 330. that's almost half their points. It's literally it's literally two and a half games, less than less than half of their points. But I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Oh yeah. Subliners subliners basically needed they needed a lot of teams to lose, and they needed to do well themselves. And when it came into Sunday, it was set up that they needed to win one series. And, of course, first game of the day, New York Subliners versus L.A. Thieves, red-hot crowd, ready to watch what ended up being a solid eight and a half, nine hours of Call of Duty. Because I I think the event ended at like 1030. It was like a full nine hours of Call of Duty. But they were red-hot then. Uh, subliners got subliners got a big win where, uh, where LA thieves only won control. They, they went three and one thieves went three or no, not three and one, nine and one in round score in control on Sunday. They didn't, they lost exactly one round of control and it was to NYSL in the finals on gaf which they they won that map anyway they won 3 straight because they won berlin search and they won tuscan hardpoint and thank god that glitch on bocage search didn't didn't end up costing thieves like if that bocage search for that stupid ladder glitch where Envoy just didn't have his gun up and he he absolutely would have gotten the kill like and for and forced around 11 instead NRISL won that map and then absolute dominance the rest of the way three to one win on gav control six to one win on Berlin search and 250 to 163 win on Tuscan hardpoint that like, I was getting less and less stressed. Like, once Tuscan Hardpoint got to a certain point where it's like, okay, we're gonna win this, I finally was able to breathe. But until then, like during the Gav control, I was nervous. During the Berlin search, I was nervous. And Tuscan Hardpoint was nervous because I didn't want I didn't want them to have to play search again. Because I have been burned by their search game way too many times this season. Which, I don't know why, because they played search really well all weekend. But, like, that's the thing. There were so many more storylines at this event. And the big one was obviously NYSL fighting for their champs' lives, like, hoping, you know, Crimsticks, one of the best players of all time, who has never missed champs staring down the barrel of very likely missing champs coming into the event because they needed a miracle run. And then they got one. They reverse rubbed rocker. They absolutely shit stomped Florida. They, they got a solid win over thieves. Cause I think they, yeah, they dominated the hard point. They basically dominated the search. They lost control. And then, a uh, a comfortable ish fifteen point win on on Berlin Hardpoint to uh to close out the series like and send thieves down to uh, the losers finals like and and that's the thing the losers finals proved that one Faze are not the unkillable god kings they were in Cold War because like sure they they didn't win major 5. But major 5 was one of the best cod tournaments ever until this. So like them losing to to Surge in Surge's biggest win of last season was was awesome and then we got the rocker resurrection at the end. But like they still won champs. I don't think they're winning champs this year. We'll get my we'll get my more in-depth prediction in a couple of weeks, when when champs is actually upon us, but how many weeks is that? Is that two weeks? Yeah, it's basically two weeks because it starts on the fourth. I'm also going on vacation that weekend. That is that is some terrible timing. I, I'm going to be away from Wi Fi. I'm going to be away from Wi Fi and on vacation during champs. What are the odds that happens twice in three years? because i was i was on vacation in the same place during champs 2020 and i missed like all of it which champs 2020 wasn't that great so it wasn't a huge deal but still like how weird is that that it's now happened twice in 3 years that i end up going on vacation to the same beach during champs weekend <laughs> But I will, I will get to see the, uh, I will get to see at least, hopefully, some of the uh, the Thursday and Friday games, which is nice. But yeah, the sixth and the seventh, Saturday and Sunday, I will be on vacation <laughs> and uh, away from Wi-Fi. So yeah, uh, don't expect an episode, uh, don't expect an episode on August fourth or not, not August fourth, um, August eleventh, because I will be away. Putting that out there now. I I will not be here August 10th to record an episode for August 11th. So there will not be an episode August 11th. Um, But yeah, like this, this was an incredibly satisfying tournament because the only team thieves lost to was the team they then beat in the finals. So they, you know, they went one and one against each other. And you go 2-0 and against FaZe. Like, even if they didn't win, I couldn't complain about going 2-0 and against FaZe. Because, like, it's the poetry of it. Go back to Major 1. That's when it all went to shit. Going into Major 1, Thieves were firmly top 3 in, like, everybody's power rankings. Thieves were, like, firmly top 3, top 4. One of the best teams in the league. No one could really question that. And then they got reverse swept by phase, F- by And then it all went downhill from there. Like, it all went downhill once they got reverse swept by phase. Like, once they lost that Gav control, it was like, oh, crap. Like, I remember back in March watching that. I was like, oh, no. I was like, but we, we got a hard point next. And they lost hard point. I was like, okay, it's over. We're not winning search. And uh, they didn't. And they got sent home. Did they did they actually lose to FaZe in the in the losers bracket? I believe they did. Yeah, they did. Who did they lose to? What the hell? This is this is the first meet. Did they start in, in losers? Oh no, they lost to Toronto. Okay. Yeah. They lost to Toronto, they beat New York, they beat Rocker, then they got reverse rep right by Phase. Yeah, I remember now. Like, that was, uh... Major 1 was all about Optic and Phase. Major 4 was about mostly New York and Thieves, but also Rocker, Boston, LAG, Florida, Toronto, London, like all of these other teams trying to secure their champ spots. But it was, uh, it was a really fun tournament. I hate that they couldn't show the the trophy on the broadcast. it's a really cool trophy. And I've seen so much more gruesome stuff in game. Like you sell gun blueprints that advertise dismemberment rounds. And you sell them for like $20. And honestly, like the statue of everybody's head splitting open to reveal a skull inside, like that seems like one of the prestige icons from the Black Ops 3 era. Like that seems like a Black Ops 3 era prestige icon. But all in all, this was a really awesome tournament. I was super jealous that I wasn't there because it looked like an absolute blast and the disconnect between the event itself and the venue was absolutely hilarious. But before I wrap this up, I think it was hilarious how many, for lack of a better term, variants of CDL players were at this event. Like obviously Crim seven was the big one. Um, I saw a guy I dubbed uh JT Haley sitting just a few seats down from him in the front row uh, there was an a seam look-alike. <clears throat> there was Minor Maniac, which is a great name for a guy who just looks like Major, but isn't Major. Call him Minor Maniac. Like, that's great. There was a dude who looked like Nameless. Like, it was a whole thing. And, like, I was upset after Thieves lost to NYSL. But the crowd was so red-hot, and they had locked up their champ spot, and we already had to. So it wasn't like a huge deal that we lost them. It's like, oh, crap. Now we got to probably beat FaZe to get to champs. Like, no, we were already in. But uh, Krim saying he's going to pay his variants way to champs. Like he said, you're going to champs. And if uh, if the team doesn't pay for it, I will. Like, that's cool. I can't hate that. One of the legends showing love to uh, clearly his biggest fan, a guy who looks just like him. Like, it's scary. Like if you if you have not seen this guy, if you're a CDL fan, I don't know how, he was all over the broadcast all weekend. But if you have not seen this guy, just look up Crim7 because it will take you to his Twitter account where he posted a picture of himself standing next to Crim6. And at first glance, I couldn't tell who was the real Crim6 because they look that much alike. But that's what I got for uh cdl up next uh we will get into the recap of a very good and very satisfying episode of players like oh my god this was good we'll get into that up next here on the mashup hey right. it's uh there's only a couple episodes left but let's talk about players so if you've listened to the show the past couple of weeks or followed my twitter it is, it is no secret that I really love this show. It's, it's like my favorite thing on Paramount Plus right now. Because Halo, we don't have to go into that. The iCarly reboot sequel thing is, is okay. But it, it feels kind of, feels kind of awkward at times. Um, however, uh, I thought 1883 was boring as all hell. Uh like I-, I thought Mayor of Kingstown, same thing, boring. Like this is this is my favorite thing Paramount Plus has put out. Now we'll see if that continues when the Criminal Minds revival finally comes out. Criminal Minds season 16, because because I, I love Criminal Minds. And them being able to go all out with like a Paramount Plus versus you know network television. And spending a season with a killer. But that, that is not what this show is about. I may, I, I may do a Criminal Minds podcast when it comes out. Cause I feel like that would just like absolutely do numbers, but that is a discussion for another time. Let's talk about players. So this episode, uh, season one, episode eight titled Philadelphia, which already I'm like, wait, really? I know works from there. And then I read the description. It's like, oh, Okay. LCS finals are in Philly. And uh, let's, uh, like, let's just, let's just talk about that. Because I know that's not how the 2021 LCS summer finals happened. They were supposed to be at the Rock, at the uh, Prudential Center in uh, Newark, New Jersey. And then... Riot got cold feet because they have been the most ridiculous of the major North American esports publishers slash league organizers when it comes to being afraid of of the Rona. And because of because of the Delta variant. Oh, the big scary Delta variant that wasn't actually as bad as OG SARS-CoV-2. Oh no. We need to, we need to shut down again. Yeah. I'm still saying this crap after I got COVID. (laughs) But like they completely canceled it, refunded everybody's tickets. Thankfully they haven't done that this year. Like, Spring finals happened with an audience. Summer finals are go- like the entire uh, summer split has had an audience at the LCS arena in L.A. And we're going to get finals pretty soon, actually, in Chicago. And like. But Seeing in like this alternate universe where this team called fugitive exists and the LCS is 10, 11 teams instead of 10. And TSM was actually good in 2021 and, uh, and made, and made summer finals. See, and that was in Philly. It was at Leah chorus center, a venue I have never been to. But I have come close to going to because uh, AEW does shows there whenever they come to Philly. That's that's where they go. They go to the Leah of Chorus Center. It's um, I know exactly how to get there, more or less. I, I'd, I'd have to use GPS, but I know how to get there. Only a little over an hour drive. Hey, LCS, um, you want to do that again? You want to you want to run that back? I know you could probably do Wells Fargo Center, which uh, would be even easier for me because I actually know how to get there. You know, just get on 95 and don't get off until you see the Wells Fargo Center. It's, it's kind of hard to miss. Like, you know, I, I know how to get there. Hop on 95. Don't get off until you hit the Wells Fargo Center. Just stay on 95. It's very simple. And all the Philly stadiums are in one place. They're very easy to see. So that, that made me very jealous. Cause it's like, I I, I want to go to an LCS final. It's only an hour up, up 95 from me. Like what what the heck? I I want to, I want to watch the high tier league of legends in person. And I was like, and like watching the end of the episode where they're actually playing in the semis against cloud nine. I was, I was kind of thinking that it's like, Oh, uh, I want to be there. I know this technically happened last September and um, like was not like this, was not a team that doesn't exist playing against cloud nine for a chance to meet TSM in the finals. But this episode, this episode showed two things. It showed organism and cream cheese. finally, finally, after eight episodes, finally getting along. And, uh, that was, that was desperately needed. Cause I've, I've gone back and, uh, cause uh, I convinced my dad to watch it with me and gone back to episode one. And like, it, I forgot how much these two actually really hated each other. Like they really hated each other at the beginning of this series. So it's, it's nice to see them finally getting along and actually acting like teammates but when uh the 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 episode opens with just an establishing shot of Philadelphia and you get the little location card Philadelphia Pennsylvania and you get the shot of them getting off the airplane and organism running into his entire family there and at first i thought oh, that's nice. They're, they're being supportive eSports family. And I was like, and as the episode on went on, I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I don't, like, very quickly they established you are not supposed to like these people. <laughs> like, it cuts, it cuts from the airport uh to their house in Overbook Park and, uh, Uh, of course, we see uh, we see Resnick's daughter again. We see Emma, and like, oh, they have uh, they have their own thing now. Like Resnick invested in Guru's brand, and I feel like if we get a season two, that's going to be a conflict in season two because it definitely seems like uh, Emma and organism are starting to develop develop a bit of a thing. I know she's a little bit older than him, but still like she flew out to Philly to support him, even though she's not technically part of fugitive anymore. Like they're, they're definitely developing like a thing. So if we get a season two, I feel like this whole, uh, this whole never lost is, uh, is going to be a, a conflict. (laughs) Cause I don't think it's going to be a thing for the rest of season one. It'll just kind of be hovering in the background. I know we got two more episodes, but I'm curious where that goes. But we cut to Org's house. And once again, Rudy, his douchebag brother, is is doing all the talking. Talking about the Puma ad. And like going back, I've realized how much this guy actually sucks. Like... He actually, like he was such, such hot shit. Like, one, he played D3 basketball. That is still better than me. Like, that's still better than I ever accomplished on the basketball court. But, like, in, I, I went back, I, I, like, literally just rewatched episode four before recording this episode. Like, in episode four, he talked about worried about getting cut. Like if you're good, you're not worrying about getting cut from a D3 team. And he said, eight points, five rebounds. I went out there and took a charge. That is how bad players talk. Like that is how guys who are not good at scoring talk. Like coaches love guys who take charges, but it's usually, Unless unless it's just like the style of the team to just play really physical ball, the star players aren't the aren't the ones out there lining up to take charges. It's not. It's the guy it's the guys coming off the bench who are making more of a point to uh like take charges. Like top tier players are just playing defense. And if you draw an offensive foul, you draw an offensive foul and everyone goes nuts for it because it's a turnover and like you made a big play, but five rebounds drew a charge. That's that's not that impressive of a stat line. It's like compared to what organism can do in a game of League of Legends, 8.5 rebounds is not a big deal. Like for people who don't know basketball, that's not a big deal. If you're a good player, you can get both of. If you're a good player at the height he is, you can get both of those into double figures. You can get at least ten of both. Like Org's brother, he's pretty tall. He should be able to get more than five rebounds in a D three game. Like he's he's not actually that good. Or like back in episode one. Like him, him talking, him like making a big deal about the second year of that contract not being guaranteed. And like making a huge deal about that when Organism clearly did not care. Like his brother is a fucking parasite. And of course he was the one dragging him to all this other stuff, like taking him back to his high school where he did not want to go. Like I, I felt legitimately bad for him this episode. And his family, oh my god, the rest of his family sucks. Like his dad, his dad pretend his dad seems supportive-ish, but there's been enough evidence in the show that he re- that both of his parents really only care about the fact that he's making a crap ton of money. Like it's very clear his dad is disappointed that it. His dad is disappointed that he didn't play basketball like it's heavily implied that that uh Rudy Elmore senior is is very upset that his his youngest son did uh did not play basketball and i think his mom is too i'm not really sure i'm not really sure what's up with her as much it's definitely very clear what his dad thinks and i think his mom is is more or less on the same page his brother's just a parasite like he mercilessly made fun of this kid like he clearly hates the nickname pj cuz it's piss jar like it like his brother sucks oh my god i hate his brother uh and his aunt and his uncle oh my god these two <laughs> His uncle the entire time was uh, uh, complained about spending 12 bucks on a hot dog, spending $20 on parking, and how much his knees hurt because he was sitting too long for a five-game series. That That's like all, all he really talked about. And uh, he very clearly made no effort to understand how League of Legends works. It's like, oh, you were down the bottom. How is that? How was that? important like why were you not up top one organism is not a top laner he is he is an ADC he plays in the bottom lane and and his aunt oh my god this woman is patronizing like talk to Emma like oh my my niece plays video games maybe maybe you could talk to her like probably doesn't play the same games probably isn't anywhere near as good or as entertaining and just assumes like oh they're both gamer girls they they would probably get along it's one probably a good 10 years younger than her <laughs> probably plays a different game cuz league of legends is not easy and just assuming they would get along like i i hate that and then like it was it was probably just a throwaway line but her saying i didn't really i didn't really un-, after they won cuz they they did win Because, because Organism finally said something during a game and he, he like called a shot and it was a good play. Like they don't have Baron vision, Um, top and jungle go sneak Baron. The rest of us push mid and that worked. That won them the game, but that, that turned the series around and they ended up going to game five and Organism was calling the shots because he was reading the game. Better than cream was, and they won. And Kyle had a great line. You see what happens when we win as when we play as a team. Like, it's perfect. And like, that them going to David Buster's. I I thought that was I thought I thought that was a fun scene. Like, these two are clearly so different, but they're so similar. Like both their families suck. And, like, him telling him the real, the like, the real meaning of the story of him stealing the keyboard. Like, oh, yeah, like, like I'm a badass. I, I broke into my parents' house and stole my keyboard. But, sure, like, that that's not what it's about. It's about the fact that I wasn't going to let them stop me. Like, that that's so good. Like, I didn't even think about it that way. I was like, yeah, this is just this guy. Like, he needed his keyboard. He's kind of a quirky, seems superstitious, like... Yeah, he needed his keyboard. His parents wouldn't give it to him, so he uh, he broke into his he broke into their house and he stole it because they hadn't they hadn't gotten rid of it yet. He broke his into his house and he stole his keyboard back, and they called the cops on him. Like, like I love that. Like diving past the the veneer of the fugitive and just getting to the actual guy. Like I love that, and like that David Buster scene was great. And then, of course, you get the match. You get them getting their big win. And now they take on TSM in the next episode. I'm very curious how that's going to go. Like they've already. That the three, unless the LCS works differently in this world, they've already got a spot at worlds, which I'm guessing will be the last episode will be worlds because they're probably going to win versus TSM. Like they they've already by the LCS rules of the real world, they have already made it. They've already qualified. They're already in. Like, if you finish top three in North America, you're in. You just wanna you just wanna not be that third place team so you don't have to play in play ins. Like, they've avoided play ins. They're already in the group stage based on the real world qualification for League of Legends Worlds but I I do want to see them beat TSM mostly because, you know, still don't really like TSM and just by virtue of them existing. So does Andy or Andy. I, I use his real name, Reggie. But after the game, you get like probably the most satisfying scene in the entire series. When, when, uh, when org's brother and his dad are like, Hey, get changed. Cause we got the, we got the party bag at the house. It's like, you've been going a while. Come spend time with your family. It's like, what, why, why would I, why would I make time for you when you have never made time for me? Like so good. Like him, it was a little mean, but like, it's accurate. Like telling his brother you're a D3 basketball player and I'm going to be the best. So why would I take advice from a loser like you? And like, I that was the big reveal that he had to go to every one of his brother's basketball games and they have never once with, with access to his money, they have never once bothered to come out to California to watch him play. And he, he said as much. It took a it took a multi million dollar contract in a game 30 minutes from home for you to finally come watch me play. Like that was that was like it was chef's kiss. It was so good. Like I I love this episode. I I watched it at like two thirty in the morning. So this was like right around three AM when this happened. And I just like out loud said, Hell yeah, organism like you tell him. And I I've <laughs> I've actually I I rewatched it and in a couple days I'm going to watch it again cuz you know rewatching the series with my dad so I will I will get to see that episode a third time. Like I'm I'm very excited for that. I I want to know where it goes but this episode was really good. It made me jealous. That this fictional world had the LCS finals an hour up the road from me at a venue that's very easy for me to get to. When I would have had money. And I probably could have gotten two days off because it was in September. And. And then it was just like, yes, this is. this is, this, This is all good things. After getting just repeatedly punched in the, like Falcon punched in the gut with last week's episode. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with having, I'm okay with having a, a just like someone finally having their satisfying breakthrough moment. But if you guys watch, watch players, uh, what did you think of this week's episode? Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on discord links in the show description as always. I forgot to say it at the end of uh, the CDL segment too. What what did you think of uh, the major? What do you think about champs? Same thing. Show description. But uh, up next, got a couple other things to, uh, to talk about. Um, some other gaming news. Some other, some like mid-season baseball stuff to talk about. We'll get into that up next. Wrap up the show here on the mashup. All right. So let's, let's get into this. We got some other, other big time, uh, other big gaming stories, uh, on Tuesday, long awaited game stray. It dropped. Of course, it's doing insanely well. Like that, that initial trailer obviously got people's attention. Like a gamer you can play as a cat in this like really cool kind of like dystopian cyberpunky setting. I have not played it yet. I want to, but I've, I've avoided any playthroughs cause I don't like, I don't want anyone to spoil it or anything. Not like, cause I know it has a story. I just don't know what that story is. And it, it could also be very subjective. So I kind of just want to play. I, I want to play it blind. Like when I do play this game, I want to play through completely blind. I will probably stream it. Um. But yeah, gotta gotta give a shout out to the devs. I am blanking on their name. So let's uh let me let me find that. Uh what is the name of uh Anaperna Interactive? Has partnered with cat-related charities in order to help stray cats in real life. What was the uh, what were the actual charities? Uh, Humane Society and uh, Cats Protection, which is uh, I think these are both I think these are both British. Oh no, the Nebraska Humane Society and a uh, a British charity. So one in one in the U.S., uh, Nebraska to be specific. And, um, yeah, (laughs) this is, this is hilarious. Uh, the Nebraska humane society. We're teaching these kittens how to turn on a PlayStation so they can play stray, uh, the new cat adventure from they tagged the devs. Uh, want to play with them, donate $5 to the shelter and you'll be entered to win a code for the game. Donate here. Like that's cool. They partnered with, uh, the Nebraska humane society cat shelter and uh, same thing for the British one. If you uh, if you donate, you get an entry to uh, win a free code for the game, which I think is awesome. Like that's that's so that's like so cool. I hope I hope more devs start to do this. I mean, it'll probably it'll probably mostly be indie devs who do this. Like. I can't see... I can't see, like, an Activision or a Microsoft doing this, honestly. Like, I really can't. I can't I can't see any of the big devs doing this unless they... Unless they have a game that gives them a reason to. Which, again, they wouldn't make a game like this. Like, this is... This is a very indie-tastic game, and it's going to do really well. Like, they're going to make a lot of money on this anyway, so... It's cool that they they gave a bunch of game codes away to actual like animal charities, more specifically cat charities, to help like actual stray and homeless cats. I think I think that's amazing. I love that. Not a like people who know me know I am a I am a dog guy through and through. Like I love dogs. I've I've had dogs all my life, and I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to cats. So. Um, like my preference is pretty clear, but I still think, like I still think cats are cute. I, mean, I I still don't want to see anything bad happen to them, and like I still want them to have like like actual real cats to have happy, comfortable lives with people who care about them. Like, so I I'm all down for this. I I might, depending on if it's still going when I when I actually get some money coming my way. I might, I might, uh, like, I don't even, I don't even care about winning the game code. It would be cool to like, instead of paying, I think this game's like 30, 40 bucks, like paying 30, 40 bucks for this game, instead paying like five, 10 bucks to the Nebraska, like donating five or 10 bucks to the Nebraska Humane Society and possibly getting a code. Like, I think that's cool. That's saving me money. And the money I'm spending instead of just going to the game dev. So I'm sure are probably going to end up donating a chunk of proceeds from this game to other branches of the humane society anyway. Cause it just seems like something they would do given, given their track record, but like donating 10 bucks to the humane society instead of, and getting the code like feels better on the wallet. And, and the heart. Like, I, I think that's cool. I think I think it's cool they did that because they're like, they're an indie dev. They're obviously taking a hit on this. But hey, they're doing a good thing and I got to give them props for it. I, I wish more devs would do this. Like, I, I wish more devs would do like charity initiatives like this because I, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool idea. The game, like the game was already going to sell well. So why why not? Why not do why not do some fun charity crossover? Now, now let's get to um the actual like like nitty-gritty gaming news other than just like the biggest release of the summer so far when you get kind of the drought. Um so so let's talk about the big one. Uh Discord announced today that Discord voice chat is finally coming to Xbox. Thank God. Because the Xbox app, as far as voice chat on computer, is not very good. It's not very good at all. Like, there's a reason we all talk on Discord instead of talking on Xbox. It's so much easier to uh, to talk on Discord, like so much easier, and you know, it won't sound like uh, or like if you're playing cross platform. This is probably who it's really for. If you're if you're playing cross platform, and uh, you like we and all the PC people say we don't feel like dealing with that god awful Xbox app just talking discord and your friend who has to use discord on their phone is just using the phone's internal mic and, uh, sounds like he's ordering in a McDonald's drive-thru in 1998. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's not speaking for personal experience at all. Or just like dealing with the incredibly clunky, uh, Xbox app trying to, Join a party from PC is actually surprisingly hard. Like trying to join an Xbox party from PC is surprisingly hard compared to how intuitive it is on the console. But even then, the sound quality is not great, so it it'll just be so much better to do Discord. Like it'll be so much better to be able to do Discord on console. like the the Xbox to PC integration has never been better, and I love that. as a guy who's been an Xbox guy my whole life, well, not my whole life cuz it came out when I was 7, but basically my whole life. That's it, it's been over 20 years at this point. Like I could say that is most of my life. Definitely most of my gaming life. Cuz you know, didn't really start playing the N64 till I was almost 4. Got the Xbox 3 years later. Like it, it's it's most of my life. And as a diehard Halo guy, I'm going to talk about this one, too. So Moist Critical, the YouTuber. People know him. I've watched his videos occasionally. I think he's pretty funny. I I, I do like him. He announced he is issuing a challenge for someone to beat Halo 2 Lasso. If you don't know what Lasso means, it is an acronym. It's legendary, all skulls on. So, the highest difficulty and all the extra modifiers that uh, basically give enemies more health, make them do more damage. Uh, the the most the most infamous one is called Iron. Uh, most Halo players know it because you had to turn it on. To do two of the seven challenges that were necessary to get recon armor in Halo Three, uh, the infamously incredibly difficult Vidmaster Challenge Annual, where uh, you had to beat you had to beat the last level of the game in four player co-op with iron turned on, and instead of using warthogs, everyone had to drive ghosts and ghosts of course much harder to control than warthogs cuz they're not on wheels they are they are hover vehicles and uh, they go a lot faster much harder to control especially on not solid ground like the end of that level has and it's the second part of that level you have to beat the entire level with the iron skull on where if one of you dies you go back to the checkpoint If all four of you die, you have to restart the level. And that is not an easy level to play on Legendary. Halo 2 is even harder. (laughs) And most people are probably going to do this solo. Because the bounty is $20,000. Which means if you play solo and you turn iron on, you get no checkpoints. If you die, you restart the level. And the only one you don't get is called Envy. The Envy is only a Halo Two skull. It gets rid of Chief's flashlight and gives him camouflage, hence the name. Because in the Arbiter levels, you don't get a flashlight; you get you get active camo because you're an elite. And uh, it's it's very satisfying to uh, to turn the tables on that and get active camo after camo elites tortured you for hours in Halo Combat Evolved. And it's the first time you get to use an energy sword too, which uh, you never got to pick up in Halo 1. Like, that that first Arbiter level is actually genius. But it gives, it gives, it gives you camo in the, the chief levels. And this is the only one you can't turn on. All the others have to be on. And the big one. No deaths. Because plenty of people have done Halo 2 Lasso. It's a grind. It's already a miserable experience on its own because Halo 2 on Legendary is borderline impossible already. Like Halo 2 on Legendary is so unnecessarily hard. It's by far the hardest game in the series. It was freaking sniper jackals. But... Some now a bunch like all I have to say is uh good luck to all the uh, all the masochists out there who are about to attempt this um yeah get the uh get get the get the Soulsborn players who also play first person shooters get them to try this because this sounds straight up like torture this does not sound like fun like this sounds way too hard to be worth twenty k. I feel like I feel like if it takes too long, he's gonna up that number. Because I think it started at five. Like it started at five, then he upped it to twenty. He's probably gonna up it again to like a hundred thousand. He's probably gonna keep making it like progressively bigger. And it's it's gonna get insane. Like, I'm not gonna attempt this, but if you wanna if you wanna watch some good rage content. Uh just wait for this to hit YouTube because it's going to in the next couple days. But uh let's let's get into some mid-season some mid-season baseball. It's mostly going to be about the Orioles because I have not talked about them all season. Because at the beginning of the season they were not worth talking about. And now here we are day after the All-Star break when I'm recording this obviously. And they are sitting right at 500. 46 and 46. The 2021 Orioles finished the season with a record of 52 and 110. So, um, they would only have to win seven games. For the rest of the year, there are 70 left, so they would have to go 7-63 and for the rest of the year to, uh, to match their absolutely abysmal record from last season. Now, do I think they're going to win the World Series this year? Absolutely not. They are not ready but they're still right in it for the wild card hunt. And if you look at the divisions, if they were in the central with their current record, if they were in the central division, which their record would not look like this if they were in the central division, because they wouldn't have played the Yankees as much to start off the season. If they at 46 and 46, that with the wins over the Red Sox, they have, they would be in sol- they would they would be in a tie for the Red Sox in a tie with the Red Sox for third place and they would be um let me get and they would be uh three games out of the division it's only because the Yankees are so good that they are 18 back in the al East they're three and a half back in the wild card they are right in the wild card hunt. <laughs> like they are right there. The current wild card teams are the Rays, the Mariners, and the Blue Jays, followed very closely by the Red Sox, the Guardians, the Orioles, and the White Sox. The Rangers are the Rangers are seven and a half back. They're pretty much out of it. The Angels are are ten and a half, and then it only gets worse from there. You go down to the A's, who are of course dead last at uh wait there's only there's only 15 teams but yeah that's the that's the top half of the american league they are like the the a's are 18 games out they're out of it really the wild card is gonna right now is between six teams or seven forgot about the red the white sox The three that are currently in there: the Bay's, the Rays, the Mariners, Blue Jays, and then the Red Sox, the Guardians, the Orioles, and the White Sox. If you would have told me in March that um, at the All Star break the Baltimore Orioles would be forty six and forty six, had won eleven of their last thirteen, including a ten game winning streak, and and uh, until very recently, hadn't lost a game by more than one in over a month. Lost a game by more than one run once in the entire month of July. They lost that game by four. It was the biggest loss for the entire month of July. And they had a 10-game winning streak in there. If you would have told me that in March, one, like, I would have, I would have checked. I would have checked your pupils. I would have checked your arm for like injection sites. Like I would have, I would have recommended you get to a doctor immediately because you probably just overdosed on something really dangerous. Like the Orioles, the twenty twenty two Orioles five hundred in July. I I wouldn't have believed you. Like I expected improvement this year. I did not expect them to be this good. And I love it. Like I am gonna ride this high for as long as it lasts, because I was blasting Orioles Magic many times during that ten game winning streak. Because one, it's a really catchy song. It's gonna end. Uh, it's gonna end this show. And uh, they earned it. I I tweeted I tweeted the Orioles Magic intensifies gif so many times. Just a close-up, just a close-up of the bird's face and it's shaking with the caption that says Orioles magic intensifies. It's, it's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, clearly the AL East is the best division in baseball and it's not close because, uh, even the team who is 18, who is in fifth place and is 18 games back of the division lead is still 500, and are playing good baseball right now and are firmly in the wild card race. We'll see cuz they got a tough ser- they got two back to back tough series coming out of the All-Star break. They immediately play the Yankees coming out of the All-Star break. And then they they play 4 against the Rays after that. So if they go 4 and 3, 5 and 2, 5 and 2 is pushing it. But the Yankees have been slumping. They just lost two or three to the Reds and it'll be at Camden Yards. And a lot of Orioles fans on Twitter have been saying, Hey, don't let these Yankees douchebags invade Camden Yards. And I I don't care if you're a Yankees fan listening to the show. If, um, if you are not from New York and you are a Yankees fan, you are the worst kind of person. If you are not originally from New York and you are still like a diehard Yankees fan who walks around wearing those stupid jerseys with names on the back. I don't like you. Like you are because there's a lot, I call them traitors. There's a lot of Maryland born Yankees fans out there that just invade Camden yards and act like the worst kind of people. I, I, I do not like them, like you, frickin' traitors. Let's keep them out of Camden Yards this weekend, huh? But uh, yeah, that's that's enough of the Orioles. Let's let's talk some actual baseball beyond the Orioles. It's still close to home though for me, anyway. I feel bad for Nationals fans. I, I know I know that pain of losing your team's franchise face right before they hit their prime. Because your owners are fucking cheap. Manny Machado, it it didn't happen that long ago. It was only like four years ago. It happened in 2018. It uh it didn't happen all that long ago. So, um uh Nats fans, I feel your pain. Your ownership sucks. Hopefully, uh hopefully both of our team's god awful owners are forced to sell soon but that's it for the show this week i hope you all enjoyed hope you all enjoy the rest of your week um i no, i'll have an episode next week i, I, will, have next week. I, I will have an episode next week i won't have one in two weeks just because i will be on vacation like i mentioned earlier to give it all yeah that's what i got for the show hope you all enjoyed okay next week see ya Who's gonna hear them call? Every game has a different star. That's the magic of Oreo Baseball. Oreo's magic. Feel it happen. Oreo's magic. Feel it happen. Magic, 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 magic. Something magic happens. Every time you go. We score the runs Nothing could be more exciting Nothing could be more